the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ed Martin here on a Pro-America Report. Hey, do me a favor. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Eagle Ed Martin and on other social media at Ed Martin, but Twitter at Eagle Ed Martin. And also you can email me directly. I often tell people at, uh, excuse me, Ed at PhyllisSchlafly.com, Ed at PhyllisSchlafly.com. Welcome to the Pro-America Report. We've got great guests coming up. I've got a couple of, been looking forward to talking. Jay Payleitner is an old friend of mine. He's an author. He's a professional communicator. He's a great guy, grandfather, father, husband, super guy. He'll be on to talk about one of his new books, uh, which is out and is fun and interesting. And the title is uh, Don't Take the Bait to Escalate. And I, what I, his books are all sort of uh, how do you function in the world we're in now? Very insightful guy. We'll also talk about another book. It's book day. Another book we're going to talk about is a, a book uh, by Br- Dr. Brian Dimitrovich. Uh, Brian Dimitrovich, is, the book is called Taxes Have Consequences. Taxes Have Consequences. And it is a book um, that is um, super, really good. Uh, the other two authors, by the way, are sort of well-known. Uh, one of them is uh, Art Laffer, Dr. Art Laffer, as well as uh, Jeannie Sinkfield, who is from uh, Missouri. And so Postal Press, another great work of theirs. So we'll talk with him and a lot more. All right. But what do you need to know today? I need to drag you forward into, I need to make this point. Um, and, uh, and I want to do that by um, showing you how well the left not just protects its own, but covers for them. Okay. So you may know the name Sally Yates. Sally Yates, you may know, and you probably heard her described. She's been on TV, being a commentator, different places. She's a lawyer. And you'll say, oh, well, and she was, I think she was associate attorney general uh, under uh, Obama. I don't know if she had a higher title than that. I'm not, I can't remember right now if she was in fact something more. Was she acting? She may have been acting attorney general for a minute at the end of the administration. Um, but she's also somebody who out of office, she has been, um, now I'll t- talk about what she's done. But one of the things that came out is she was one of the people down the stretch in the Obama White House that was actively perpetrating the Russia hoax and the Flynn hit job, right? So she was one of those people. In fact, in the famous email, the by the book email, where uh, she uh, um, uh, Susan Rice is uh, sending a uh, dear diary kind of email to cover her tail, and it says, "Oh, we did everything by the book. We we did everything by the book. We we we, did, we were doing everything. The president told us to do everything by the book, and we did everything by the book." Well, oh, yeah, she was acting. Sally Yates was acting attorney general at the time. So that's a big deal. If you're even attorney general for a minute, you sort of are always uh, attorney general. You know, that was the highest sort of rank she got. But she was in the room when they basically did a hit job on the Trump administration. Then they did a hit job on uh, Flynn. And they also it was a period of time where Susan Rice was unmasking American citizens because they wanted to make sure that they could poison the, the Trump administration's efforts. That's who that woman is. 
Well, she leaves office. And of course, this is what I want to tell you about how important it is to understand how the left and the media washes off any uh, stink of impropriety. And so Sally Yates gets it gets out of office. And and then what she does is she goes and she is hired all over the place. She's a lecturer at Georgetown University. She's a partner at King and Spalding. And, and I think she worked at King and Spalding like 30 years earlier. She speaks all over, paid to speak. And here's the one that's rich to me. She's hired by the uh, National Women's Soccer League to do an investigation. It's called the Yates Report. And what they found was that some of the people that owned one of the soccer team in, in particular and some of the coaches were pigs. Okay, pigs oh she also got an award from emory university and so she's highly paid she's depicted in the in the there was a mini series of the comey uh, did a mini series she was depicted by holly hunter she's lionized she's got the yates report and all this stuff she again she was one of the hacks involved in damaging the country she was one of the people that was in the room when they did nothing by the book they did it by the book of Sololinsky. They did it by the book of, of Satan. That's a bit much, but you get my point. There was nothing by doing it by the good book. It wasn't done by anything ethical. They went out and destroyed Flynn, tried to, it didn't work. They went out and tried, tried desperately to undercut the Trump administration. They did that pretty well. And so there's nothing by the book. But my point here is Sally, when I saw that, it's called the Yates Report. The Yates Report, which I'm sure they paid a ton of money to have her look at investigate women's soccer and find out that the people involved, all lefties, all pigs, nasty, nasty pigs abusing women. Not all of them, by the way, some of them, but more read the report. And, but my point is here is that over time, two things are happening. One, Sally Yates has more money than she ever expected to. And so she's insulated from any kind of trouble. And two, they wash off any stink of not having done things by the book or being a failure in the Obama administration or being a hack at the end of his time or the damage she did to Flynn or the damage she did to the country or the fact that under her administration, they were doing the Russia, Russia, Russia hoax investigation, et cetera, et cetera. Why do I tell all of you this, tell you all this? Because they do this so that she can then be recycled back into office. And my prediction to you, is that when the election is over in the fall, there will be many people who will be the fall guy. It won't be Biden. And one of them will be Merrick Garland. And Merrick Garland will be retired by his own team, and his replacement will be Sally Yates. Mark my words. And Sally Yates, if the stories about Sally Yates were stories about her role in the Biden in the Obama administration, if the stories about Sally Yates were all about her involvement in the Russia hoax, it would be a problem for her to get confirmed. But they won't be. The stories will be about her effort to fight against sexual assault and discrimination of women. The Yates report. They will be about her awards she received from the NAACP. They'll be she'll be a trailblazer. She'll be a trail. Now Janet Reno was a trailblazer, but it won't matter. They'll just they'll 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 play it up that she's a trailblazer, and she will be put in place because why? Because she's a reliable political operative 
who will do what they want. And once Sally Yates is in place, I don't think you can go far. You're going to see they're going to use the Department of Justice to stop the Trump candidacy and and to cripple it if it does succeed, if he is the nominee. That's the play. You can see it from a mile away. You don't have to you don't have to wonder the last time the, uh, the the left was faced with Trump, they didn't think he could win when Hillary was uh running. They didn't made a mistake. They didn't cheat enough to block him then, but they did everything they could after that. And this is what they do. This is how they do it. This is how the left manages to clean its people up to solidify them again. Sally Yates, when she when she becomes attorney general, mark my words, the Republicans won't fight against her because they'll have some reason not to. And when they don't fight against her, it will be she'll have to do financial disclosures and she'll be worth conservatively. Let's see. Conservatively, she'll have a net worth of seven million. And more liberally, if she was greedy, it'll be more like 12 million, something like that. She'll be making two or three million dollars a year these last four years at the law firm and a bunch of other places, a bunch of other ways, a bunch of other fees. They take care of their own. You got to you don't have to like it to respect it. And what do they get when they're done? Loyalty. That's how it works. That's what you need to know. Sally Yates will be coming back. Uh, we'll take a break. We'll be right back. We've got uh, some great guests. Ed Martin here on a Pro America Report. Back in a moment. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. And don't forget, you can go over on Twitter at Eagle Ed Martin is me on Twitter. Follow me there. And uh, at you can email me directly at phyllisschlafly.com at phyllisschlafly.com. And that's uh, where we are always um, checking those emails. You go to phyllisschlafly.com. You'll see a lot of our writings. Our next guest is Jay Payleitner. You can go to his website, jpayleitner.com. And there is a lot of there there, Jay. You know, I see a lot of websites <laughs> and I, there's not, you know, sometimes you're like, oh, what is it? There's a lot of there, a lot of books, a lot of things to think about. But I wanted to ask you, Jay Payleitner is an author, uh, a speaker um, uh, across the country, um, kind of uh, ministers, I'd say. Jay, you could describe it better, but to families in particular with his mm. writings and speaking, and especially uh, husbands and, and fathers. Uh, but more than anything now, he just likes to walk around and, and, and get called grandpa because he's got a bunch of grandkids. <laughs> so welcome back, Jay. How are you? Oh, Ed, you know what? You're awesome, and I love you so much, and <laughs> good to hang out with you. Uh, uh, let's jump into something yeah. that's going to uh, help your listeners. Well, you know, I, my listeners know I love books, and one of the books, and you've written a couple of books that I, I've given to other, given to other people. Um, there was a book on uh, on uh, pr- a prayer. You're kind of you were joking off the area. The fifty two things you're kind of known for having these great books for wives, what they uh, need from their husbands, and how to, how to pray for kids. I I tell people I, I, the easiest way for me to pray for my kids was send my daughter away to college and then I, now i just pray without ceasing i just wake up and immediately i'm like oh lord please protect my child uh, but i want to ask you about one of your other books here and, and it's called don't take the bait to escalate and what i want to ask you is because jay your your sort of vision when you look at your writings and your personality you're like hey god is good he blesses us let's go find out how god is great he you know gifts us let's go see it let's change our viewpoint but the world is kind of harsh right now and it's hard not to get sort of annoyed with the people that come at you and say things that are so crazy, whether, you know, transgender stuff or sexuality stuff and not get 
hot. You know, it's not just Trump at the Thanksgiving table. It's normal stuff in our lives. And the, 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 the people do somehow it just draws us to escalate. Well, uh, you you hit something upon something that, mo- that few people get is that conflict. Listen now, conflict is a gift. You think it's a bad thing. And you mm. think about all the conflict out there, racial unrest and Thanksgiving table conversations that you said. Uh, but uh, conflict it can be a gift. Uh, that's where, where all the great ideas and all the great uh, uh, truths come from conflict. I mean, in, in marriage, uh, you know what? If you have some conflict in your marriage and you get through that, it makes your marriage stronger. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a manufacturer who uh, who manufactures a defective product and, oh, it's tragic. But no, if they have a good customer service department and takes take care of that problem, suddenly that conflict turns into uh, lifelong committed customers. Right, right. Uh, conflict on a uh, – uh, think about two high school athletes on a baseball team together. Uh, they both want the best ones. They want to play shortstop. But that's going to make the, that conflict, and it is a conflict, it's going to make the team better. And the coach will make not just those two boys better, but everybody in the team will rally around and get better because of it. Um, so anyways, uh, uh, that's a gift. Uh, and it's how to use conflict, how to transform it into uh, something that's going to going to uh, challenge you challenge us to greatness is how we overcome conflict and uh, make the world a better place uh, we're talking with jay payleitner and jpayleitner.com you can go there I'm, i was looking at your blog uh jay over there as i mentioned he's got a lot of there there the blogs are interesting because you're everything from uh you know uh, music and 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 faith and scripture um uh but but back for a second and tell and tell us about this book then i mean what are the tools to because you can say right a conflict i I never heard it that way. Conflict can be a blessing. Um, so that's good, except, you know, and my listeners know I'll say this. Uh, you know, my mother, she hated Trump so much that it clouds everything she thinks about. I mean, she watches CNN too long. And you say to yourself, well, I just I, I don't want to fight about that. I just want to see my mother. Right. I want to just have a and and that. So and and but the. The, the, or here's another one. I got a great friend, family friend, and their their uh, uh, daughter is um, is has decided that she's a lesbian, and and so everybody in the family has shifted their mindset to say let's be more tolerant. And mm. I'm thinking to myself, I'm not. Be, you're, you're making it sound like we're intolerant because we we're sort of where we were for our whole lives and for thousands of years. But how do you? What's the tools inside? And 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 you know, in in the book, how do you lay out what how to not escalate? And and it's not that I want to dodge it. I just, I just don't want to always fight, right? Yeah, um, yeah. We don't want to dodge it, but sometimes we have to put it uh, aside a little bit in order to to love first. Right. And to see what people, what motivates people and a little empathy. But I got four factors. The book, uh, uh, one of the key, key moments in the book that come, that really came together to crystallize this whole idea are the four factors. I'm going to run through them real quick. Yeah. Yeah. Please, uh, please. Good. Uh, one, decide what you really want. Not what you want, but decide what you really want. The, hmm. the, the deeper, deeper thing. Um, then know the risks because there are going to be every, any risk approaching any conflict. Three, and this is hard. Empathize with your adversary. You got to see their perspective. You don't have to agree with it. You don't have to agree with it, but you have to at least understand where they're coming from. And then finally, I think um, as uh, as God fearing people, uh, the last one is really important that we can expect the win. Because uh, mm. uh, in the long term, in, in the short term, it might not. But in the long term, we can expect the win. Uh, just a fun, silly example is early in my marriage, it was kind of tragic. 
My it was very tragic. My wife liked creamy peanut butter, and I liked ah, it's outrageous, and I crunchy. And it's I an outrageous. That's an outrageous. Should I mean grounds for a nomen? It's a nomen. Okay. Go ahead. I, I mean, well, no, it's all right. But but I what did I want? I wanted my crunchy peanut butter. But what right. did I really want? I wanted some smooches once in a while. I wanted my marriage. To turn, <laughs> I wanted my marriage to turn out right. I did, uh, the risks is that if I'm a jerk about my crunchy peanut butter, Rita's gonna, my wife's gonna run home to mom and dad. And right. this guy's a this guy's a complete ass. We'll get get rid of him. Right. Um, and then empathize with your adversary. It's like, well, is it unreasonable? It's not unreasonable for Rita like to like creamy. It's not a sin. It's not. Uh, it's not mm-hmm. evil. So let's, let's see what the other person is really mm-hmm. going to. Now you brought up uh, 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 some of the more challenging things, and I'm a little lighthearted here. I apologize for that. But expect right. the win. Um, expect the win. Uh, we were uh, we we decided that every other jar would be creamy, then crunchy. Then oh wow, wow! That's that was pretty- one thing. One one option would be for me just to be magnanimous and say, "Okay, sweetheart." We'll just get creamy. But what happened was mm-hmm. we were in the, the supermarket. True story. Uh, we were in the supermarket, and we had a half a jar of crunchy peanut butter at home. And so we reached for the creamy peanut butter, brought it home, and suddenly there was, Ed, there was two jars. Of, <laughs> I was going to say, this is. Two this jars is, on the shelf, and that's, yeah. the, and that's the compromise. Compromise isn't always the right choice either. Com- yeah. Compromise is nobody wins. Right. So, um so there you go. Uh, but but you know the thing on that is that uh, they that she should have said you should tell that story differently. You should say and when and it could, like a cautionary tale for your kids and grandkids and and when things finally got really flush, we were able to spring for two uh, things. That we, well, and, and, and let me be clear, you should say then I used to have to go to the garage quite frequently to eat my oh, chunk no, no. made and butter because well, because I got in trouble for other stuff. But well, I, well but, again, Dad, I, I I didn't. I, these are this is a true story. You're going into the fiction fiction part of it, guy, mm-hmm, my friend. Yeah. So there you go. All right, my God. Well, but here's the, but here's the thing about this, Jay. And then again, Jay Paylightner, and go to his website at jpaylightner.com, and it, literally there's dozens of books, and 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 also he come he come he comes across the country and speaks to groups on all these different topics, but. Uh, uh, my point here is that from the stamp, the power of this, Jay, if I can say a compliment, and Jay, people should know Jay and I work together on radio commentaries all the time, so we know each other very well, probably can hear that. But but I would say this is even the hard stuff, if you take the hard stuff without your faith, you you end up like leaving half of the half of the uh, strength and 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 peace of the argument, you know, on the sideline. It, it's not enough to just get. I mean, I'm not I'm not against Tony Robbins, but to me, uh, Tony Robbins is a world apart uh, from Norman Vincent Peale, and they both teach you to be empowered and be positive. Except Norman Vincent Peale says, "Go get your Bible, underline every place that the that the word faith is, and memorize all the scripture." And Tony Robbins teaches you how to meditate i'm not against robbins i'm saying that you, we we leave aside the most powerful really but certainly you know a lot of the the, the power of this and when it comes to don't take the bait to escalate it's not shut up and take it it's find the way forward that's loving and and i think that even so go to twitter and you say twitter you say i mean if, if satan could invent something to make people show their worst selves i'm not sure you could do better he could do better than twitter 
Mm. So it, it's it's I've often wondered, Jay, by the way, here's another task for you, you know, because you're great at thinking about how to communicate. Um, somebody should just have a very popular I don't know how you make it popular version of like delivering like scripture. But don't tell people it's a scripture. Just say it's something like to think about, because it's just amazing how terrible it is. I mean, the people do do some of that. But um, but Jay, does the a book like Don't Take the Bait to Escalate your book? Yeah. Is that more necessary today? When you started writing that, did you think, huh, I might not have written this when I was younger, maybe about you, but also about the culture we're in? Well, uh, it took me a while. I, I thought when I started writing this book, I saw the culture and I realized I'm going to write a book on conflict resolution. Right. And I thought, and I thought conflict was a bad thing. Uh, oh, I see. And so it, it was in the process of writing this book. I got the book contract. Hmm. Uh, well, I've written 30 books and it sold almost a million yeah. copies. So, so wow. that gets me the book contract. Right. I, I told the, the publisher I wanted to write a book on conflict. Said, oh, that makes sense. Conflict resolution. And son of a gun. Conflict. Then I discovered conflict, working through it, re- reaching uh, so that you're communicating and pounding on each other. It's a battle sometimes. Uh, but when you come out of it, you're a better person for it. Uh, again, if a little empathy, deciding what you really want. You know, we don't want to uh, we want to have a peaceful Thanksgiving table. Yeah. <laughs> but there's ways to do that. That people leave going, wow, that was a great conversation. I'm, I feel understood. Uh, right. And there's a great win here. And I want to hang. I want to come back again next year and back for Christmas. Yeah. Back again. Uh, so that's what we've got to be shooting for, guys, is to stay at the table. Man, you gotta, put your cards on the table. But that's interesting. That's great. Put your cards on the table. But then stay at the table. Please. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That should be your next book. Uh, but, uh, put your cards at the table, but stay at the table. But but you wow, know, but, but that that is really good. Um, but a uh, last point on this, Jay, is that the culture is trying to get you and me and everybody to hold their cards to the to their chest, right? To play this metaphor out, right? Mm, and so yeah. it's saying it's saying smile. Even if your gut feels terrible, your heart is breaking, but don't show your cards because if you go and show your cards, it's going to cause conflict and conflict is a failure and therefore hold. And so it's not, by the way, it's never the left. It's never Satan's minions that are told to hold their cards to the table and I'll get in trouble now. They're, they dye their hair blue and go right up to the table and stare you in the eye and they say, and, and all of a sudden you're like, ah, I'm just going to hold my cards back because, you know, I don't want to be, I don't want to, I don't, don't want to do that now. That's the, that's the real, it's an interesting problem because part of kindness is, you know, God knows. And part of kindness is, I'm going to pray for you. I was hearing about a friend of mine who uh, knew somebody who's a really holy man. And he said he'd look out the window of his car. They're driving. And he'd be like, he'd almost be like shaking. And he and he, later he said to someone, what's he doing? And he said he's he's throwing prayers at people as he sees them. And like his, it was his mindset that every time he saw a person, he prayed for him. Well, okay, that's good enough. God, God doesn't mind. If you can't win the argument, God wants you to pray for the person, right? Mm-hmm. That's what he teaches us. On the other hand, part of building community is to is to put lay your cards out and and that may hurt you they may jump on you and somehow that's the skill we got to learn anyway I, it's a, it's an important topic uh you can tell jay I, I i took the bait and wanted to talk about your book well well there you go uh yeah let me confirm yeah prayer is an awesome powerful tool <laughs> it's not my gift i do yeah, pray right but, but my gift is is general conf- confrontation uh, putting the cards out on the table, as I said, and saying, you know, and let's challenge your listeners right now. There's somebody out there right now who you can't talk to because you were a jerk or they were a jerk. 
Right. Maybe, maybe go and say, listen, you don't have to apologize and say that I was wrong, but say, man, let's keep talking. Let's yeah. Keep talking. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, yeah. Let's, well, let's listen. Let's write that book together. Jay Payline and I, so this publisher here is I want to sell another million. Put your, what is it? What do we say it was? Uh, don't hold your cards to the, the I'll wait. do the chapter on don't hold your cards to the desk. What was it? What was it? Put your, uh, put your put cards, your cards the in the table, but yeah. and then put your cards in the table. Oh yeah. And then stay at the table. Yeah. 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 That's it. All right. Don't <laughs> run away. All right. Jay, Jay Payleitner again, Jay That's P A Y L E I T N E R. If you go there, there's tons of things like we're talking about. Uh, also, I am on Twitter at Eagle Ed Martin. Follow me on Twitter. I'll post this uh, interview there, and you can always email me about this interview, and I'll get it on to Jay Ed at phyllisschlafly.com, and also go to phyllisschlafly.com uh, to track more. Hey, thanks, Jay. I appreciate you very much. Ed, keep doing what you're doing, man. It's important. Well, thank you. It's a great conversation. And again, everybody, I'll put up on social media. You can go up and uh, it was a great email this morning. I, I My wink went out this morning, if you didn't get it, at 8 a.m. East Coast, uh, 5 a.m. Pacific time. Um, and it was uh, on the insanity of the transgender movement. If you're a trans, if you're a guy who says he's a woman, transgender, uh, you are still required to register as a guy uh, for the draft. I'll go figure. Anyway, go to ProAmericaReport.com and sign up there and uh, more on that. And uh, Jay Payliner, great interview. We'll take a break, everybody. We'll be right back. Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Talk to you in a moment. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. I mentioned a few weeks ago that I got a book um, and I, I was very grateful. In fact, they dropped it off at my office. Taxes Have Consequences, an Income Tax History of the United States and um, written uh, by um, two people I know. A third one is going to be with us. Uh, Art, Art Laffer, of course. Uh, the famous Art Laffer is the uh, author, uh, along with uh, Jeannie Singfield, who I know well. She's got a PhD and has been very successful in business, but in th- philanthropy and in uh, support for good people. She's been a dominant figure, her and her husband, in helping people in Missouri. So I knew both of those. And then uh, the, Brian Dimitrovich is the uh, uh, PhD, uh, Dr. Dimitrovich, who is the author who's with, who joins us right now. It's a Post Hill Press book. And go to at Eagle Ed Martin on Twitter, where I am. I'll make sure to post all the details there, too, so people can get them. So welcome, sir, uh, to the program. How are you? It's very good to be here, Ed. Thanks for having me. Well, I'm grateful to have you. So first, um, it's interesting. Why this book now? I mean, yeah, why this book now? Was there a, a gap in the in the scholarship? Was there a it was there a, a way that um, uh, candidly uh, Laffer having such success for 30, 40 years makes it so people will look because it's 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 I was mentioned to you off the air. I've I do my trick. I read the first and last chapter and I'm about halfway through. Generally, it's really valuable. And, and I said to my daughter who's in college, this is what you need to understand what the history of taxes. So was there a niche for this? How'd you get this book out? Well, we started writing the book as a series of essays because we couldn't believe it that there was a mega bestseller saying that high tax rates in the American past produced an economic golden age. And that was Thomas Piketty's yeah. Capital of the 21st Century, which sold something like 1.4 million copies after 2014. So we were just stunned by that. And he had these graphs showing, look, when tax rates were super high at 91 percent, the economy, the little guy was doing great. And we're just like, no, that's not true. So we started writing some responses and then realized, hey, we have a book here. And that's what produced it. I see. Well, and and that's um, 
That's interesting. By the way, the forward is from Trump. Um, and I just want to tell you that the, the best thing, laugh out loud, Trump. And I, I know enough about introductions uh, to know how they work. But if you look at his introduction, I'm, I know you have. But um, he finishes with a line about uh, <laughs> his tax cut, of course, uh, and the revenue and, and basically says big tax cut. But then revenue increase because people are paying more taxes because they're doing better. And then he says, how's that for egg in your beer, which is a phrase like my grandfather would use. And, and I encourage my listeners go look up how's that egg go to wikipedia they there's a whole layout i'm sure of egg in your beer uh but that's really the point right i mean this is the this is our laughers point when he served in the past administrations the point of the book is to say hold on if you do this right sort of cleanly tax cuts will create more revenue i mean that's the to me that's the takeaway after i'm halfway through the book i mean that's the power of what you're saying yeah, Arthur Laffer said in the introduction, I mean, we all wrote it, but it was his point. Uh, we've been on the so-called prohibitive side of the Laffer curve for the entire history of the income <laughs> tax outside of maybe the first three years. So right. even when tax rates were 25 percent in the 1920s, uh, we were on the prohibitive side, which is to say, and this is really what the book is about, when tax rates are high, the rich shelter their income like crazy. Right. I mean, it's it's mind boggling what they were doing in the 1930s and the 1950s. And then when tax rates are low, they just say, forget about all that. And they put their money into productive enterprises, submitted to taxation, and the economy experiences it, the regular person, as a general prosperity. So in many ways, the way to think about this book is it's a history of tax shelters, and they go way up on the part of the rich when tax rates are high and way down when rates are low. Uh, we're talking uh, right now with uh, Dr. Brian Dimitrovich. Uh, the book is Taxes Have Consequences, post Till Press, and Income Tax History of the United States. Uh Okay, what do you do right now when people are, you know, people people read things and people think about things right now. It feels like everything is a burden, meaning inflation's up. You can see that at the grocery store. You, you don't do an analysis. Just say, I can see it at the grocery store. And and then taxes are higher everywhere. I mean, I know we cut taxes at the federal level, but I live in Virginia and every aspect of taxes, reassessments happen, taxes are up. People feel that. What's the path forward, you know, uh, uh, as a broad uh, movement? Because it, it doesn't feel like it's going the right direction. Yeah, let's make we try to make very clear that the tax rates have a very important relationship to inflation, namely high tax rates spur inflation. There's this kind of weird left wing argument, Keynesian argument out there that tax increases stave off inflation. That's completely wrong. The, the opposite happens when you have stacked tax rates like, say, you know, income tax in Virginia on top of federal income tax and right. unindexed capital gains, property taxes. You right. might be talking, you know, certainly in California, the marginal tax rates over 50 percent. Right. Um, well, then people just don't produce. So people with money and Jeannie really contributed a lot on this book. She said, you know, people with, with money have the whip hand. They can do whatever they want. I mean, they don't need to earn more money. So they make a decision at the margin. Oh, I'm not going to get even 40 cents on the dollar. Well, forget about it. I'm not going to do it. Well, there goes supply. Mm -hmm. If you have less supply and the same amount of demand, obviously, you're going to get inflation. So there's a very close relationship between high tax rates and spurring inflation. We've let our tax rates stack up. And lo and behold, we have inflation. So is it in a funny way? And I don't know. I didn't see this. Maybe you get maybe I'll get to it. Um, not in a funny way, but in a real way, if you create an incentive that makes people not want to work 
or stay out of the market, that's what they're going to get. Mean, and I mean that, by the way, when you grow the, the welfare state, you create incentives for people not to be in the economy actively trying to create and trying to cause, you know, uh, creative destruction and all that kind of stuff. And similarly, raise taxes, you create a, an incentive for people to be out of the economy, right? I mean, I guess the what is the comeback from the left on that? They say the rich may stay sheltered, but they're still I don't know, making money off of the economy. Is that what they say? I mean, it feels like we're in a, in a sort of twin vice where on one side, we'll stop incentivizing investment by raising taxes and changing the tax code. And as you mentioned, capital gains, and everything else. On the other side, we'll have uh, a welfare state that says it's just not worth it. You can do better just to stay home. The argument of the left is just one word, the 1950s, uh, to quote Joe Biden, one word. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, in the 1950s, hey, tax rates were at 91 percent at the top, and it's the it's the favorite era of Amer- the American economic past. Yeah, government spending was 16 percent of GDP when tax rates were that high. Um, government spending at 16 percent was be- was below the, the bottom income tax rate of 20 percent. I mean, theoretically, the government spending should have started at 20 percent of GDP if if you're taxing people beginning at 20 percent. So clearly nobody was paying at these rates. Right. So. So right now, what we have to recognize is that if you have high tax rates, you're going to get tax dodges. If you tax capital and you tax labor, which is what's going on right now with Social Security taxes and then paying people not to work, you're going to eliminate that wellspring of production. If you tax capital and our capital gains taxes on index for inflation, then you don't have that aspect of production. Tax capital, tax labor, get no supply, get inflation. Uh, again, we're, we're talking in the book is Taxes Have Consequences, an income tax history of the United States. Art Laffer, Laffer of course, uh, and uh, Jeannie Singfield. And our guest is uh, one of the other co-authors, uh, uh, Dr. Brian Dimitrovich. Uh, what 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 is the what does a split government do when you when you have the period of time and in here is of course the Trump tax cut uh, what, which what what happens when you have a split government people are thinking okay we're going to get Republicans in the House and Senate but Biden in the White House is there is there a creative uh, path forward that gets us out of the funk or are we just in the in this funk until we get a new uh, president. Well, I'd say in the book, there's one uh, fascinating historical example of a split government. When the Republicans controlled Congress in 1946 to 1948, uh, when the top tax rate was 91 percent, they for the states forced a tax cut on the federal government. The states began all to switch from common law to community property. It's a strange legal distinction so that husband and wife could each file a tax return on the same income. And therefore, they would only have to go halfway up the progressive structure. Mm. And federal government didn't like this. And they said that's illegal. Supreme Court disagreed. Anyway, Congress three times passed a tax cut saying that husband and wife can each file for half the rate the marriage Mm -hmm. uh, filing jointly uh, uh, convention that we now have. And Truman vetoed it three times. So the Mm. Republican Congress voted for the tax cut. Truman vetoed it third time, three times. The third time, Congress overrode it and it became part of the law. And that that effectively made a 30 percent tax rate cut on high on affluent taxpayers. So we've, we've seen tax cuts even in divided government. Big one. That's it. That's interesting. I mean, it seems to me that's the most this could be the most valuable thing uh, uh, about this. The timing of this book is is to try to help the um, help the 
Congress to be creative on this because, you know, in, in some ways you'll end up with a Bill Clinton situation where I think he, he wants to he'll, uh, Biden will want to make a deal uh, of some kind. Right. It won't be maybe as dramatic as uh, Republicans would want, but uh, that's a great one. And I just found that chapter. I haven't got to that chapter. I'm looking at it in the book. So I will now reread that and then I'll have an excuse to try to bring you back on the show. See if we can encourage the uh, Republicans to do that. All right. I've got to run. Uh, Dr. Brian Dimitrovich, thank you for coming on. Again, the book is Taxes Have Consequences and Income Tax History of the United States, along with Art Laffer, Jeannie Singfield, and a foreword from Donald Trump. Post Hill Press is the place to get it. Uh, and let me remind you, I should have done this earlier. I apologize. LafferCenter.org. There's a lot of there there, including some uh, um, some of the, the details of the book, as well as other um, uh, background and links and things. So thanks for the time, sir. Thank you very much, Ed. All right. We'll take a break. Don't forget, follow me on Twitter at Eagle Ed Martin, and you can email me directly if you want more. I'll put up this book uh, link there, and you can email me directly, ed at phyllisschlafly.com, and uh, we'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. We will be back in a moment. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily commentary continuing the conservative pro-family legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. Now the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. Long after the Gestapo-like raid of former President Trump's home, the Democrat-controlled Justice Department had disclosed nothing to justify this unprecedented action against America's leading presidential candidate. As a first step among many to come, Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene of Georgia filed articles of impeachment against Attorney General Merrick Garland, who admitted that he personally approved the raid. The first article of impeachment reads, quote, Attorney General Garland has taken measures to silence the voice of millions of citizens of the United States by persecuting the former duly elected and lawful president of the United States and potential presidential candidate Donald J. Trump, end quote. Garland continues to stonewall demands for an explanation of his egregious violation of the constitutional rights and dignity of a prominent U.S. citizen. Under Garland's supervision, the Justice Department filed a motion asking a court to suppress the affidavit that was submitted to obtain the search warrant for the raid. Garland's conduct is an affront to our Democratic Republic, and it improperly disrupts our upcoming elections in 2022 and 2024. His armed raid on the home of the leading presidential candidate while refusing to disclose the basis for it cannot be allowed to stand. For once, it seems, major news networks sided with Trump supporters, in this case by asking the magistrate judge to unseal the affidavit. Judge Bruce Reinhardt, who Trump has sought to recuse from this case, refused to unseal the supporting affidavit filed to obtain the search warrant. The Biden White House sought to push all of the blame off onto Merrick Garland. But let's not forget that the president is the chief officer of the executive branch of the federal government. President Biden must necessarily be in on the plot to take down Donald Trump or else he is a weak, inept and clueless leader. Either way, Attorney General Merrick Garland is pursuing these political prosecutions to expand his own power. He's not working on behalf of we the people and Representative Green is right to seek his expulsion. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report with Ed Martin, president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. And we think it's time to take Washington back from the power brokers. At phyllisschlafly.com, we're organizing a grassroots movement to stand against the deep state bureaucrats who control government. For the latest strategies, go to phyllisschlafly.com. That's phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening, and join us again next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. 
Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on a Pro-America Report. Hey, tomorrow I will promise you this, a full update on how the red wave is starting to be positioned by the pollsters and the media, folks. Uh, Really, really fun to watch. All of a sudden, I think it was on uh, Morning Joe or one of the NBC shows, they had a pollster. He said, well, it turns out uh, only 8% of the voters care about abortion as a top issue, but 34% care about the economy and jobs, and overwhelmingly they vote for uh, Republicans over Democrats. So you're starting to see the positioning uh, of the uh, of the whole thing because it's coming. It's coming. And I will have I'm trying to get a guy who should knows the details of how the pollsters work uh, to come on the program. We'll see if I can get him lined up. I won't bother telling you his name because it's not worth learning about him until I have a, a better sense if I get him. But we'll talk about that. So watch the red wave. It's coming and watch for the sounds of the red wave. The media will start to cover because they can't let they can't let themselves be so wrong uh, that they look terrible. So they're going to start to position themselves to be uh, actually in line. So there you have it. All right. Thank you, as always, to the uh, great, the great uh, Noah Dingley for all he's doing. Chris Dugan filled in uh, while he was away and still filling in, actually. And also thank you uh, to Joanna Spilger for all she does. And thank you for listening. Thank you for being a part of this. You can always uh, go to uh, email me directly at phyllisschlafway.com and we can catch up there. All right. We got to run. We'll be back tomorrow. Ed Martin here in a Pro-America Report. Talk to you then. The Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.